can't believe Kiefer started on wow. mute. Wow. <laughs> Fuck. Epic fail that uh, Welcome back to In the Doghouse, a podcast <laughs> where I would have said the only person in the doghouse would be Dakota if he did not fix his smoke detector, but apparently it's me fucking up the intro. <laughs> welcome back, family and friends. <laughs> Man, this place is awesome. Yes. comedy so, of errors so quick update on the smoke detector issue before we get into all the fun stuff we just lost all three of our viewers smoke detectors uh you know they had plenty of days off plenty of batteries and like four ladders to replace them all so we're all good nice i'm proud of you what the question is what day did you replace them did you replace them right before this or did you replace them right after yes. last week's episode so about 30 seconds once we went off the air i ripped them all off the wall and then about 30 minutes ago, someone came and replaced them. <laughs> wow. Yeah. All right. It's hard to get, you know, good work out here, I guess. <laughs> huh? Struggle. Yeah, it's, uh, it is the same for the online programming space. <laughs> Case, how are you, bro? I'm good. Glad to be back on. Yeah. Yeah, man. Make the, uh, we pulled the viewers and they said that the only person that was worth coming back to listen to was you. So we figured we'd have you on again. No, look, this is, this is well, the, the reason I'm here is because Kiefer just forgot to take me off of the underdogs podcast group text. And so I just said, yeah, Hey, I got the link. I'm hopping on. <laughs> That's not true. I knew you were in there and in my head. It was either he's going to be interested in joining again, or he's just going to be stuck in this chat and he's not going to say anything. <laughs> I, that's what I did. I just, I just kept quiet. So you didn't know I was in there and boom, now I'm here. That's what Jared should have done when he was in the uh, in-house underdogs <laughs> chat for a long time. He should have just laid in the weeds waiting uh, to get gossip on things and then push it out to the news outlets. Uh, hi, Jared. <laughs> Dakota. He'll come, he'll come in Dakota was drunk episode. one night and came with violence. <laughs> Delete everybody. Chop, yeah. chop, chop, chop. All right. So <sighs> what are we? We're three weeks from the first semifinal, right? Three weeks yeah. from Orlando and Australia, or sorry, Oceania. Jeez. Starting to ramp up. A lot of our crew just deloaded or is about to deload. What? Uh, how are you feeling at this point in things, Just? Uh, great. I mean, I think uh, I think people were ready to deload for sure. Yeah. Um, you know, definitely, definitely a tough month of training, um, but I think a very effective one. Um, and now that we're, you know, ramping up for semis, um, you know, I, I, I feel like, um, we'll be able to get people ramped up again and peaking. Uh, and I also think, uh, you know, we've, you know, I mean, obviously I'm biased a little bit, but I feel like we've done a nice job of balancing, um, you know, everything that we need to leading into semifinals. Um, you know, you don't know what's coming. And so obviously there, you know, we have to touch on a lot of movements and a lot of movements that you don't even consider prior to semifinals in the games. So implementing those back in is imperative. Uh, and people are seeing that. Uh, and, and obviously you and I even were talking a little bit today about, you know, oh, we got to touch on this. We got to touch on this. So a couple more that we'll yeah. throw in there, obviously. Um, but like I think... A- uh, uh, us taking a look at the age group semifinals like we're going to and, and trying to, you know, see if we can glean anything out of out of the uh, workouts, you know, and maybe it gives us a hint. And that's that this segues well into what I thought would be a good first question for the episode today was what do the age group semifinals workouts tell us about what we might see at the in-person live semifinals? Because I definitely have some thoughts on this, but Casey, I was excited to get your thoughts um you know i know you have somebody samantha Pugh, who's gonna be competing at the east coast semifinals so what do you take from the age group that you think could kind of like give us little nuggets going forward yeah um well you know maybe it's not so much that the age groups tell us anything on their own maybe it's just that they kind of are going to validate some things that we maybe already be expecting to see um you know i think i think first off the the kind of the first thing that I thought about is that Boz seems to love like the interval structure. And since, since he's taken charge of the programming uh, in 21 uh, interval type workouts, whatever that, that, that means have come up very frequently. That's games. I think like four of the workouts were intervals. There was an interval workout in the last chance qualifiers last year. The there's an interval workout now in the age group semifinals. So I think that we'll, definitely see something in that structure, whether it's, 
uh, you know, work dependent or time dependent, uh, something where it's, it's repeats of, of, in some way, shape or form. Um, and then the other real big one for me, uh, which again, I think this was already probably an expectation prior to the age group semifinal workouts being released, uh, was snatching in, in some mm -hmm. way, shape or form, right? That was the only thing that we really threw the open and quarterfinals like barbell wise that we're used to seeing, there was really no snatching. So I would expect to see some form of snatch complex, whether it's a max lift or it's, it's for repetitions or a ladder that's a, a you know, heavy, mm -hmm. heavily loaded snatch ladder, um, something like that, which again, we now see in the, in the age group semifinals of them doing the AMRAP at 225 and 155. So it could maybe be something along those lines. For sure. Yeah, I think, you know, the way that I looked at it, there's six total tests, right? 400 point scores and then 250 point scores and workouts two and four are a little bit more of like the traditional CrossFit style workouts, two being a couplet of weightlifting and gymnastics, four being like a little bit of a combination of things where they've got, you know, some burpees, some rope climbs, some kettlebell work and whatnot. But workout one is single modality monostructural test in essentially a, an online version of a triple three type of workout. We have a snatch battery test, and then you have a single modality gymnastics test, and then arguably another, you know, single modality weightlifting battery test with kind of like that DT interval that they have. So I think you can kind of build those out. If you were to say that they're going to test similar things, but do it in a live competition setting where you have a whole floor to work with, it wouldn't be unreasonable to say that we're going to have some sort of like a uh, snatch ladder, maybe like the old regionals ladder that they've redone a couple times or something similar to that test, something like a triple three or a remake on that, that they can do a, like on a live competition floor. Uh, which we would, which we would love to see. Yeah, we would love to see those things. We've been, we've been working on it a little bit. <laughs> the, um, uh, the, you know, the handstand hold in a four foot box could very easily turn into some sort of handstand sprint workout where they're doing pirouettes or they have a ramp or they have some sort of obstacle that they're working across the floor, but still in that setting. So maybe I read too far into it, but I look at it and I say like, okay, all of these components very easily transition into a live competition setting and just kind of like a bigger effect with the same formatting. Uh, the thing, couple things to note, and I, I was really a big fan of the the uh, fifty point, um, fifty mm. point, fifty point for the uh, for the snatch and the and the handstand hold. So so the single modality uh, strength and single modality gymnastics test. Love the fact that you're not seeing one that's more biased um, than the other, which which I think you know is long overdue, honestly, in a in a you know five event or six event competition curious to see what that means for semifinals um because I, I would love to see that if if there's going to be a single modality strength test i would love to see it again uh be valued at 50 points and it's probably going to be counterbalanced by um something else you know whether probably a gymnastics test in that in that realm that would be 50 points as well um <clears throat> you know the thing that i'm very curious about uh you know when we come to semifinals uh and you know is whether or not we're going to see um you know a snatch or a clean and jerk um for strength um I'm, I'm curious to see we didn't see it in the last chance qualifier last year um and i'm curious to see if we're going to see you know uh just a single modality strength test or whether we'll see something like a gated workout where you get rewarded and the snatch or the um, you know, or the clean and jerk, uh, get heavy, but not until the end. And, and it's still, you know, with some skills and things. So, you know, because we did see that obviously in the open, um, you know, and, and I'm curious to see whether or not we'll, we'll see that coming up. So, you know, I, I think there's still a lot of ways that we can go. Um, but I do like the direction as far as the scoring is concerned, because I feel like in the past we've seen, you know, uh, some athletes that, that get, you know, dinged pretty heavily for, um, a, a single modality skill or a single modality strength, uh, and really struggle to get through to the next stage where all of us kind of come away from it saying, wow, that person, is unbelievably fit and probably would do really, really well at the games. 
Um, you know, and, and obviously the, the one case, I mean, this is a while ago, obviously, but the, the, the biggest case that I can think of was Sam Briggs the year after she won the games and then didn't make it to the games because of a handstand walk single modality right. event where it was just like, geez, this girl's top three in the world. No question. I mean, she won damn near every other event at that semifinal. So, and so and there was Max, Hang, it was Max Hang snatch in right. that same year, I think. Right. Yeah. That, that like year. At, uh, yeah. At, uh, that was 2014. Um, well, now, so, so very so, curious. To say. There's 500 total 500. points on the table, and two thirds of the workouts are single modality. Do you think that that's a reasonable bias towards single modality workouts, or do you think that there needs to be more of an emphasis on actual CrossFit workouts at this stage of the season? Because I feel like this is a point where we've already fleshed out who can do different things. You would expect at this stage, like, okay, you should be strong enough to be here, fit enough to be here, and you should have the gymnastics capacity to be here. So now actually testing CrossFit with mixed modalities feels like more of where the emphasis should go with a lesser emphasis on single modality tests with, while they can still be present. But if there's only six to eight total tests, it seems like a lot. No, I agree with you. It does seem like a lot. Um, I, you know, I'd like to see there be more balance, um, you know, and, and I think, I, I honestly think at semifinals we're going to um, simply because I think they're more entertaining. Um, so, you know, and, and we've got to think about online versus in person, um, you know, and, and again, you know, like I always kind of think about the fact that like when you're programming an in-person event, you've got to also take into account entertainment value. You've got to, you've got to put together events that are going to, you know, Listen, that's not always been the case, but I felt like the games last year was very entertaining. I felt like the the workouts were extremely entertaining. Even when it got kitschy, it was still entertaining. And I think that we're going to see, you know, I don't think we're going to see anything at semifinals that's not entertaining. At least I'm hoping so. Um, unlike the, you know, to me, that first workout would be unbelievably boring to watch at semifinals. Like if that was you know, a workout. A, tri- a triple three type of work- workout? Yeah, I, I, I think it would be, you know, I think, I'd like to see something that, that, that's you know, balanced a little bit more balanced. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll see, you know, I, I, you know, that's the cool thing about this. And that's what makes for interesting podcasts is, is being able to debate these things and looking back historically at what we've seen, but then remembering that, that, that the majority of, hist- of history was, was, uh, you know, defined by Dave Castro and, yeah. and not by Adrian Bosman. And, and there's very obvious differences between the two of them when you look at their backgrounds and what they believe in as yep. far as what needs to be tested. Okay, so, so before we wrap this one up, for each of us, if you were to pick one thing that would be sort of a spinoff or an extrapolation of what we saw from age group semifinals that you felt most confident will show up in a version at semifinals, which would it be? Dakota, you have not said a word, so we're going to let you speak first. He's still not sure yep. that a smoke detector is good to no, go. No, no, no. I, I was on mute the whole time just in case um, <laughs> yeah, anything like that came up. Let's see. So we got the – I think uh, based on the the weightlifting complex, I think uh, you could see a progression on that where it's not just – oh, I'm talking about the interval one. So it's the 753 DT style mm-hmm. one. I think you have a pretty good chance of seeing something like that and for entertainment value where it is a progression on the bar where they're still doing a complex or like a chunk of reps and then they're moving forward onto the next one. And I mean, that could still stay interval style and uh, it wouldn't necessarily lose entertainment value because you're going to see the progression of where someone is at. Um, and that'd be a cool, cool way to see it uh, yeah. thrown in there. I love the battery tests. I think like for people that don't want pure weightlifting tests, the battery tests are an awesome way to show who's the strongest, but also kind of who's the grittiest because you have an opportunity to make up for not being the strongest athlete by being a really fit athlete who can move moderate weights. Well, yeah. Making two minutes hurt over and over and over versus throwing up a heavy load one or two times is right. a huge difference. Yep. Yeah. Do you guys remember a couple of years ago at Dubai, they did some sort of like complex, like barbell capacity workout that was like nine power snatch, seven overhead squats, and then five hang snatch or something like that. And it was, it was a pretty heavy barbell where like the best lifters, the strongest people were even challenged in holding on to it unbroken. That I think that would be something that CrossFit hasn't directly done before. Something you know, something like that where it's a, a 15, 12, 9 type of complex where it's capacity, but it's heavy 
and you are kind of rewarded by being a really technically sound lifter, but also you can be rewarded on that by having good, just general overall capacity. Um, so maybe, maybe something like that. What is it? Is it, is Gwen the workout that's like uh, 15, yeah. 12, nine unbroken clean yes. and jerks? Clean and jerks. Yeah. 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 There's a, there was also a workout at Dubai that I really loved that it was something that I always felt like would be a, a better test at a semifinal, which was the, it was 15, um, snatches at 205, 145, I believe. And then right into 15 clean and jerks at 265, 175, mm. something like that for time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. and you had to switch your own weight and it was, I mean, it, it was tough. Um, I, I, th- I believe Spiegel won it, but, um, you know, but I do remember like, you know, there were some people that you didn't think would be really good on that barbell that, that actually ended up being really solid because of their fitness. Um, and I, and I would love, you know, to me, that's a better test in a semifinal setting. Um, than a pure, you know, absolute strength test or, or one rep max or, you know, even a heavy complex. Um, so I like, I, you know, I hate to kind of go with the crowd here, but I really do it's like okay. this. I'll snatch disagree event. with you guys. Yeah. <laughs> I do like the snatch, except I just, I, I hate where it's placed. Uh, I think that it, that's, I think that's a, a disaster. A, so does fronting. Yeah. A totally, totally separate art conversation <laughs> yeah. for us to have. Yeah. Yeah. That, I, I love that. And I hope that that's the style that we see. Um, but I, I do think that it's irresponsibly placed where it is in, in the weekend for the, for the athletes um, yeah. this upcoming weekend. I think, uh, go ahead. No, well, I, next, yeah. I was just going to answer your question because I didn't really, I kind of just extrapolated on, on Dakota's, this but I would true. say, I would say I, maybe I'm just being redundant, but something like that interval or multi-part, multi-part workout, I think is, is something that we will definitely see. I'm going against the grain, partly because just to have a different answer on here, but also because I think I want to, <laughs> we put it into the universe. Yes, that too. Uh, don't even tell Justin that he just gets all worked up. We're wearing the same shirt. See, matching. That's true. Uh, <laughs> glasses. Also, because it feels it's something that we prepared really heavily for, and we've kind of put it into the universe. But I think that we're going to get a repeat of triple threes this year, which every one of our athletes would laugh about because we've been training it for the last five or six weeks. But I just think uh, I think there's so much emphasis been put on. Shuttle runs in higher volumes, kind of leading into like a bigger running event. I think that all of the crossover singles and doubles and all of that talk has almost like deterred people from thinking about just double unders in a capacity setting. And I think that it would be appropriate to go to semifinals and be like, cool, now can you do a whole bunch of double unders for capacity in this workout? You know, where everybody's working on their tricks and they're working triple unders and crossovers and all these other things and teams are worried about double dutch. I think it would be a really cool way to just bring it back and be like, here's your capacity test. Welcome back, triple three. Could I, the, one thing that I want to say is I think that the that this, that the thruster muscle up workout is oh one of the no, – no, I think it is one of the, the biggest missed opportunities of what yeah. could have been an incredibly cool workout. Uh, I, I think the way it's programmed is really shitty, um, but I think it, it it theoretically could have been awesome um, if it was programmed differently. Uh, and and I think that would be something at semifinals that could be incredibly cool to see like a partition your own way type workout and see how people would strategize that, but have it be something that actually makes fucking sense um, as opposed to this one that we see this weekend, which is terrible. Um, but, but I think if they would have really thought about it, they could have made something incredibly cool. And maybe we build on that and see something at the games. That's a a partition or not, or or semis. That's a partition your own way that that could be so cool. I think this is a, I applaud CrossFit for trying it because I feel like it's such a hard task for age groups, whether it's teens or masters, because you're having to make like broad assumptions on what people's capacity is in divisions where people are so like, so drastically different whether they're gymnastically inclined or they're weightlifting inclined and whatnot if this were the elite open division i think it would be much easier for them to pinpoint what's the volume what's the time domain that most people should be able to hit i also think in a live competition setting you can do that workout and get away with it more because if your transitions across the floor 
people will think twice about whether or not they're going to alternate between the movements or they're going to stay on one during it. So I agree. I think that could be a really cool thing to do, but damn, that would need a lot of testing to make sure they get it right. What do you think about this one? Cause I did a qualifier last year for NorCal classic. It was uh, like mm. a pick your poison. So it was still thrusters and ring muscle ups, but you got to choose if you wanted to do like seven thrusters and three ring muscle ups or three thrusters and seven ring muscle ups. Um, mm. Do you think something like that could work in, in this kind of setting where you kind of force them to do both, but have the ability to either lean on your weightlifting or lean on your gymnastics? I suppose it depends what the rest of the test is. Yeah, I guess if it was like right. five rounds of, yeah. of something or a five minute AMRAP where you are just going back and forth between the two, but you get to still choose which one you lean heavily on and the reps are still the same. Or something like they've done with team workouts for Wadapalooza where it's the same volume of workout, but you have an opportunity to do it as 21-15-9 or 45-45 or three sets of 15. I think that's a cool way to give people an opportunity to do things differently, but you're still requiring the same amount of work from each. So you can't hide from not being good at ring muscle ups or you can't hide from not being strong in the thruster. Okay. I like that. Yeah, I see. All right. Moving on. Yes. Still on this topic of age groups a little bit. Obviously, we have a bunch of talented teens and Masters athletes within the underdogs camp. Uh, I think the Masters are getting more play this year specifically because Rich has been a part of the season thus far, even though he claims he's not going to go to the games. On the women's side, especially in the 16 to 17 division, we see a lot of girls that are dabbling in the adult semifinals at the same time or have an opportunity to make the games at, or could go to the games as a teen and potentially win. Do you think that we're going to get to a point where we have more representation again for the 16 and 17 and the 35 to 39 divisions at the semifinals and games level, whether that is more spots at the games, which I definitely think they should have, or potentially even live semifinals opportunities. I like the live semifinals opportunities. I hope they lean in that direction. I think there's a good amount of uh, girls, at least a, th a few that I've seen at the top that are going to be doing the online this weekend and the in-person and going to have a choice versus like a team athlete who has already had to make that decision farther or, you know, earlier down the road. And then that way it'll open up, you know, opportunity for either lay your eggs in one basket and try and win at the games as a 16 year old, or, you know, kind of boost yourself up. I think there's like that pro athlete carryover where it's you're an amateur or you're a pro and you kind of have to make that call. Uh, I think it'd be, it'd be good for, that for the sport but also just because the 16 and 17 year olds are doing the same workouts and are almost at the exact same uh you know level as as the the regular age group and i think they deserve a spot being in that in-person semifinals go ahead case uh yeah i was just gonna say you know i i, I think um <clears throat> representation at the games will I, I would guess that it will increase i think it should increase um there's two reasons why one would be kind you know key from you kind of touched on this that the people in that division the rich fronings and the, the people that have been household names in crossfit for years and years and years are now in that division so there's more people in that division that you would consider to be professional athletes um and and it's now we you know we're seeing that same thing with the 16 17 year olds that they're competing at a really high level so the the quality is just becoming denser and denser to where it just makes sense for there to be 20, at least 20 people in those divisions at the games, because you have to have that spread of that, that ability or that potential for points to be spread out a little bit more so that there's not these, these, you know, top, uh, you know, scores where, where there's no one there to kind of disrupt the scoring a little bit potentially. Um, and then the other reason is, because of the changes that they're making back and forth with the schedule at the games in 2021 age group and adaptive was Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then team and elite were Thursday through Sunday, 22. They had more carryover. We, the age group and adaptive were Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then the elites were Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, or, or whatever it was. Maybe they started Wednesday. Wednesday even. Yeah. 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 So there was a lot of, there was a lot of overlap there this year. They've gone back to, age group and adaptive are Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So it's just like at that time of the week, I, I don't see why there's not the ability to have a couple divisions with 20 people in them. It's just, there's, there's not, you're not struggling. Right. I mean, I get that, but you're not struggling for heat space. You're not struggling mm -hmm. for floor space. Uh, you know, you can, you can put, you, you could fit in a full heat of 20 men, 35 to 39 
and then a full heat of 20 women, 35 to 39, mm -hmm. and not have to have them all on the floor at the same time, which they've done most of the time in the last couple of years. They've had the 10 men and the 10 women all within the same age group on the floor at the same time. So I just think that there's the 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 eyes on that division are going to be increasing with, again, the, the people that are now in those divisions. Um, so it, it makes sense to me. Well, and Justin, before you jump in on it, I guess, Casey, as somebody who's in, you, you compete in the adaptive division. And so I know you have an appreciation both for really wanting representation, but kind of understanding the, uh, the aspect of it that's about like how much involvement there is, how much money is coming into the side of it. Do you think that it's purely a financial thing? Like there's just not enough money coming in. There's not enough eyeballs on it for them to warrant it. Or do you think that that's short-sighted thinking and that they're losing money by not putting more into that? Potentially. I mean, what, what does, let, let's say it's 10 more in the 35 to 39 men and women and 10 more in the 16, 17 men and women. So, so it's 40 athletes more. 40 athletes. Does that, and, and everyone pays a registration fee. Yeah. So a hefty one. Know, what, yeah. a, a hefty one. It's not either. I've seen worse, but uh, you know, I, I don't know what, I don't know what that costs, what, what, how much additionally that costs where there could potentially be uh, more, uh, viewership because mm -hmm. of the denser field. Maybe they, maybe they put a little bit more attention into it. Maybe they can do that now with the schedule going back to Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday being when the age groups are, are competing. Right. And, you know, if they're supposed to be using the games as this showcase of what CrossFit is to the community and everything, the more people they're able to have representing, the less elite it feels and the more I think that it connects itself to the affiliate level too. So I think there are positives there. Justin, what you got? Yeah, I so I've had this discussion now actually a few times the last few weeks um, on on a few different podcasts, shows, etc. Don't and tell people that you need to make sure they direct to ours. I think it. I think you it ultimately, clicks. you know, unfortunately, I think it comes down to resources. I think it comes down to money. Uh, I, you know, I think we saw that today, you know, I'm, I'm with, with all the layoffs and whatnot. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a, you know, sad truth, um, that, you know, and, and I don't know the exact numbers, but, but I've been told it's a substantial amount that CrossFit loses a year in and year out, um, from, you know, at the games, from the games, um, my question, and this is probably another podcast and another, you know, another complete conversation is if CrossFit cannot do the age groups, the adaptive divisions, et cetera, right? Any, anybody essentially that's not the open individual and team divisions, if they can't put the resources and treat those athletes with the, uh, with the respect and it's necessarily even respect, it, it's essentially just essentially run those events to the level that they need to be run, um, should they continue to do so? Uh, I'm not convinced that they should. I'm 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 not convinced that that it, you know you shouldn't see CrossFit sanctioned or sponsored events that are run by the groups that specialize in those specific you know those specific um, you, you know people you know that 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 group that you know and and I'm I'm not sure in the future what we're going to see there, but I think ultimately it makes no sense. For, for a group like the 35 to 39, even the 40 to 44 and the 45 to 49, with the representation that they have in the open, the fact that they don't have 20 athletes is embarrassing. It's a massive amount of people that are, that are paying to compete. And we've seen historically many times athletes from 11 to 20 that finished in the age group qualifiers that podiumed at the games. Um, and, you know, Chris, Sp I remember Chris Spieler doing so Jordan Tryon has done it before. There have been multiple occasions where someone who finished from 11th to 20th podium, there's no excuse not to do it. The only excuse not to do it is resources. Um, and so ultimately I think the question is so much bigger than just, should they have an, you know, in-person semifinal or should they have, should they be running these events at all? Should they be focusing specifically on the individual team, uh, you know, individuals uh, in, in the open division? And then should we be seeing 
uh, other groups take over and, and be able to run those events where you are gearing towards one specific division or, or you know, uh, whether it's adapted, whether it's age groups, whether it's teens, et cetera, blah, 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 but that those people can run it much better. It's marketed, you know, they're not getting drowned out by everything else that's going on at the games. Um, I'm not sure that that's not the right answer. You know, mm. I, I'm and that's a much bigger conversation, you know, than what we're, we're having here. I think we could spend a lot more time on it. But, you know, my my concern is that, you know, it's it's just never going to get its due, you know, that those divisions are never going to get their due and, and never get their, you know, um, that never get the attention and the visibility that they deserve. And I don't know that 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 you can blame CrossFit because I think they're trying to do what they can do in some cases. But I think at the end of the day, sometimes you got to say to yourself, listen, we can't do this the way that it needs to be done. And somebody else needs to do it. And we'll put we'll put our name behind it and we'll, you know, help with that. But ultimately it needs to be run by the experts. Right. And we're not in these specific divisions. It, the point where you can start to blame CrossFit is if they recognize that they're not doing it to the standard or to the to the level that it could be done. And at the same time, not empowering groups like a wheelwad, like Legends or MSC or whoever these groups are that are specifically focused on the demographic, whether that's Masters, Teens, uh, Adaptive Divisions. If they're not helping support them so that the community can grow and they're holding on to it instead and not doing a good job, then we can blame them for that. And I would argue historically that we've seen at the games um, multiple on multiple occasions that, that, that uh, many of those divisions um, have, have been second-class citizens, um, whether it's the programming, whether mm -hmm. it's uh, whether, you know, for time things have been cut out because there was a rain delay and all of a sudden they've cut three, you know, they've cut two to three events out. I mean, I remember specifically talking to Ron Ortiz where there were like, you know, there was a rain delay and all of a sudden in, the, in his division, they had knocked out two or three events, which are like his favorite events, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so he doesn't end up on the podium. And then you're not seeing the story of what the actual uh, programming was supposed to be. Right. And I just think in case you've probably dealt with this before, you know, I just I just feel like we've, yeah, we've, <laughs> we've seen historically that, you know, um, that, that that's been the case. And, and um, so, you know, I, I, like I said, I think this is a, a bigger conversation and a bigger issue than than just trying to, to you know, figure out whether or not 10 spots should be added or whether there should be in-person semifinals. It's really whether or not these uh, competitions can be run for these divisions appropriately. Hmm. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, when you go to those legends competitions or like the pit teens, you definitely feel a difference. Uh, you know, the attention, the uh, care, you know, the, the focus, like the programming is specifically for them. And even they're the main event. Know, yeah. There, there's more breakdowns and more changes and, um, and, and they definitely can feel it too. Like talking to some of the older athletes, they definitely feel more loved when they're at those ones and they yeah. love to go to those ones. And it's a challenge. It's, I can tell it's a challenge. We can tell it's a challenge being, you know, being at the helm of programming for a large event that's going to have age groups, it's going to have teams, it's going to have masters and whatnot. It's a challenge to not write the elite division and then have everything trickle down from that. So I totally understand that aspect of it. But when you're wow. the event is as big and as long standing as the CrossFit games are, like you it, it's really hard not to to stick out like a sore thumb when you're sort of like making people feel less than at this right. level. Right. All right, what do you got? I was reading Vinny's comment. Uh, all right. I can't see the comments. Where are the comments? You got to click from the private chat into the comment it's a, section. It's, on an, right. it's an age-restricted section of, uh, of StreamYard. <laughs> come, just on, come on. Come <laughs> on. I'm still waiting. I was in Wad Zombie's DMs hard lobbying about your playing card, Casey. Did he reach thank out yet? Thank you. No, not yet, but thank you he's, for being my agent. I, he I said don't he's even going really... to. He okay. said, does Casey have an agent or does he do everything himself? And I said, no, he does it himself unless he tells you that I'm his agent, in which case I'll speak on his behalf. <laughs> do I have an agent? My wife, I guess. She tells me what to do most days. Yep. There you go, bro. I thought it was great. Keeper, you can be my agent. I appreciate that. You get 0% of my earnings. 0.00%. You Between you and Colette, I'll be rich. <laughs> um, all right. This, this is a slightly different one. Um, and I, you know, Justin's obviously the closest to this in some ways, but I think this is a good opportunity for everybody to have their piece in it. 
Um, who would each of you guys give your most improved award to within the underdogs camp? And this can be an athlete you coach or an athlete that you don't coach that's under the underdogs umbrella as a whole. Can I immediately break the rules and give two? Mm, uh, I want to say no, but I also don't want people to feel excluded. So I'll let you think about it while somebody else goes. I'll answer first. Okay. Well, Dakota, thanks. And I'll, I'll answer. Can't be yourself. I, it's not myself. Okay. Um, and keeping in mind that I'm of us four here, I'm probably the least connected with who's really like in-house with underdogs. Um, but the first, the first person that came to mind for me was Carson. Yeah. Um, just it's, it's, you know, this is kind of like a breakout year for her. She's young. I don't know. Maybe that disqualifies her because she's what she's only 19 or 20 years old now. 20. Yeah. Right. So maybe yeah. it's just part of her development as, you know, aging a little bit or experience. Um, but you know, 520th, I think somewhere around there in quarterfinals last year up to 186 this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, that's a, that's a pretty big jump and worldwide, 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 yeah. worldwide. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Worldwide. And, from and I will say I, d- I did intend for this to be of athletes that are still competing. So semifinals level or both. Right. I don't want to yeah. exclude the hundreds of athletes we have, but just people right. that are competing right now. Yeah. Yeah. She sticks out to me. Uh, maybe that's just the first person I thought of. I have, I, I, I am also biased towards her, but I have other thoughts cause I intentionally tried not to pick an athlete. I coach. <laughs> I would, uh, yeah. My, my first thought was Carson. Um, you know, just, uh, but I also think if we look worldwide, um, Zane Healy, mm. um, is someone Thank who, you was on the outside looking in, didn't make Torian last year. And this, and this year finished sixth in quarterfinals. Mm -hmm. Um, So that, that's pretty damn impressive. Um, You know, uh, I think Maya, uh, you know, uh, who Dakota coaches as a teen um, who didn't make um, semifinals last year um, and and did this year. Um, So, you know, I think that's obviously incredibly impressive. Uh, You know, I, I think we could go down the list in, in, you know, and for different reasons, give different people, obviously, um, you know, obviously, I mean, for me, if I look for, you know, just for someone I coach, but if I, if I look over a two year span to look where Alice Kazan has yeah. come from in two years, it's just, it's fucking mind blowing, you know, like someone who w- was a, a, a backfill, you know, uh, for West coast classic two years ago. And, you know, now you look at her and I mean, I mean, arguably she, she's, you know, got a chance to, to, to win, win a semifinal or podium at a semifinal and, and, uh, you know, possibly break, you know, top 10, top 15 at the games measurables wise, she's mm-hmm. wise. She's there. It's just a matter of, you know, belief and, and, and execution, obviously. Um, but so, you know, it's that, pretty cool. I mean, there to see some of the, the strides that, you know, some of these athletes have taken is, is just amazing. And that was Alex was going to be mine as well. And I think it's hard for people to think of like, all right, this is already one of our most successful athletes to call her most improved as well. But I think it's been pretty incredible how much better she's gotten from last year to this year. And that's what I wanted to dig into is like my question to you of what does it actually take or what has it taken or what have been the things that have given such a dramatic improvement to her from last year to this year? Because she's not the same athlete that she was mentally, physically, competitively. Yeah. I, I think so. Let, I mean, let's, you know, you made a funny comment yesterday when we posted her 270 pound bench press, which is, yeah. I mean, good God, you know, like, but um, last you, year she could have done that and come in, you know, bottom third on three other workouts this year, she wins that and she comes top 10 in every other workout. Right. And, and, but your comment about where somebody said, I want to be on the Alex Kazan, you know, strength program, what do I need? And mm-hmm. you, you were essentially like, bro, that's a time machine and the birds and the bees. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's genetics, baby. She that's, was hitting, she was hitting 225 in high school, having boys look at her like, What's going on? Yeah, but that, but said, so that that lift that lift was made 24 years ago in the back of a Monte Carlo. 21, yeah. 21. She's only 21. 21. So, yeah. yeah. So I mean, you know, I I. But here's it, the deal. The guy yeah. the guy that said that is in the comments right now. Poor Jordan. Is he? He's over here. He's eating 2,000 calories a night in ice cream, trying to get stronger before semifinals. I really love that. <laughs> I love it. Um. So. So listen, you know, I think there's a couple things. I think that the strides that Alex took um, from quarterfinals last year 
to the games were massive, just in belief, right? Like her ability to make the games. I don't think after quarterfinals, I kept trying to tell her, like, I think you're good enough to make the games. And I know you don't believe that, but I think you're good enough. And then after day one at semifinals where she was in the mix, like it started to click, right? Um, once the games happened, though, you know, Alex and I had a very serious conversation. And I, and I you know, I, I talked about it a little bit where – I feel like this is a conversation that's very important for coaches to have with athletes at that level, which is essentially, what do you want? What, what is it that you want, right? Do you want to be the type of athlete who is just, you know, you're talented enough to finish from 20th to 40th, make the games perennially, right? Qualify for the games, get some sponsorships, make a, a nice little living, right? Um, and, and, you know, you, you, you're in the sport for five to seven years and, um, you know, you're someone who, when people talk about, they're like, oh, okay, that person's a really good CrossFitter. Or do you want to be one of the best in the world and create a legacy where you want to try to shoot to be one of the best that's ever lived? And if you do want that, then there, there's very little balance in your life. When, and, and that was a conversation that, you know, I, I had with Alex and I talked about, you know, where when you talked about what Carrie did for that many years, where every decision that she made was geared towards, is this helping me get to my goal of making the podium? Um, and that had to do every single trip she took, every time she went out to dinner, every decision that she made, whether she was going to go out and not get to bed at the normal time that she normally went to bed. Like it was literally every decision that was made for eight years. And I had this, this you know, this discussion with Alex, which was essentially like, what do you want to be? You know, because I think you're good enough to eventually be a perennial top 10 athlete. I think you're good enough to be in the mix eventually to maybe make the podium. And if you want to do that, you're 20 years at the time, you know, we talked to you, she just turned 21 years old. Then we have to now look at this year as the start of that journey. So, and she sat down with Carrie and Carrie talked to her and I talked to her and she said that that's what she wanted. And so the decision was made prior to the season that this is what we're going to go for. And so all of her decisions, everything that she's done as far as training, as far as out of uh, off-season competitions, this year all she did was um, Wadapalooza on a team. We didn't do very many other things because we wanted to be able to attack a lot of the very glaring weaknesses that she had last year. Um, and I, you know, that that was obviously like, toe to bar and chest to bar volume, right? Which, which led to like high grip volume on the, on the bar, which still isn't a strength, but it's so much better than it was last year. Um, you know, little things like that, like classic CrossFit workouts where, you know, Alex would just overpace and not believe that she could go. And, and you and I still talk about it in the gym where it's not quite there yet. Mm -hmm. Like there's still that, that gear that we see a top 10 athlete have. I call it the fucking go gear. Like you can just fucking go, right? Like there's some people you watch them and you're like, oh my God, you know? And then there's some people that don't have that and she's getting there, you know? Um, but I think it was an internal and emotional, a mental, a mental and a physical decision to say to herself, okay, like I made the games. I'm now a games athlete. I'm not content with just being a games athlete. I'm not content with finishing 25th. I want to, I want to now make top 20, top 15. And I believe now the trajectory took for her. And I still think that for the next year or so, we're still going to see massive improvements. Um, and then eventually it will plateau a little bit more and those gains will be harder and harder. But we just looked at from last year, you're talking about a games athlete last year tested uh, one year ago, had tested her triple um, front squat. And, and hit 255 and just hit 285, 30 pounds on a triple front squat. That shit doesn't happen when you're, you know, when you've been in the sport for years and years and years and years, she's still at that stage where she's growing immensely. And for her to, to, to make the decision, like, this is what I want with my life. That was the biggest thing I think. You know, and then obviously everything geared around doing all the right things inside and outside the gym, the consistency, the, um, the level of intensity, 
um, on a day in and day out basis. Um, you know, the decisions made uh, as far as you know, my nutrition, what I'm going to do with my sleep and my recovery, you know, now, like with all the stuff that she's thrown in now at Project Wellbeing and, you know, making herself uh, a member there, you know, and, and, and spending so much time there uh, on a weekly basis on recovery. It's a whole different mindset getting to that level. Um, and I'm very proud of her for doing it. But I think we're starting to see that. I, I think she's reaping the benefits, right? We're seeing what the numbers, like some of the numbers are, are just crazy. We're seeing on a daily basis, her ability to be able to do things and workouts that we haven't seen her do before. Her strengths are still her strengths, which is great. Um, but I think all of those have, have made a really big, um, you know, we've seen these, these massive strides. Uh, and I think we'll continue to see that because I don't think she's quite at that level yet where the, where the plateau happens. Right. Um, you mean but, she's not plateaued at 21 years old? Right. Yeah, but but look, <laughs> there are some athletes that have been in the sport since they were 12 yeah. or since they were 13. And so th even if we're looking at it from that perspective, like their their gains are they now now, you know, they obviously may be phenomenal, but but their gains are going to be a little bit less um than for someone who's been doing the sport for, you know, 3 years. Um so I, I think in a very long-winded way that that was an answer, but I think it's important because I think people who are listening to this, who have aspirations, you know, to be on that level, um, it's not just about oh, I want to be on that level. Like you say to yourself, I, I want to make the CrossFit Games or I want to finish top ten of the CrossFit Games. It's are you willing to sacrifice and put in the work and do all the things necessary and be and have the type of obsession that you need mm -hmm. uh, to to be at that level. Mm -hmm. And does that work with your life and what you want out of your life? I think those are all very important things to consider. I think it's uh, there for each level, for semifinals as well as for the games. There's a much, there's a huge difference between your mindset and your preparation and your thought process going to doing it your first time and doing it any time after that. And I think that Carson is an example of somebody that will go through that this year, going to semis for the first time. She's super talented. She moved out here. She works really hard. But she's going to go to semifinals. She's going to get the experience there. She's going to have a fire lit under her ass. She's probably going to get humbled a couple times. She's going to have a couple positive moments. And then she's going to go through the next year being like, I get it. I get the things that you guys are talking about. I get why the transitions and these little things matter. I get why my nutrition matters a little bit more. I get why the recovery matters. I understand why I need to suffer on my running intervals because that's such a weakness for me and everything. Like there's that next level of get it. For Alex, it's the same thing. She went to the game. She was super talented. She had an awesome experience this year. She was able to watch back some of the workouts and be like, I get it. I get why those girls are beating me by a minute. Like I get what that extra gear is. I get what that little bit of fuck you is. Uh, I get why I need to spend the extra time on recovery because I just can't train with the volume and intensity that I need at this level. And I think for each tier, there's a, my first time and all the other times. And if you want to go back, then you're going to get it. And if you want to kind of always be on the bubble for that, then you can kind of stay where you're at. Yeah, I, I think absolutely. Um, you know, and I, and I think, uh, for, for any athlete and, and, you know, I'm excited for Carson because I feel like Carson has an immense amount of talent and I know, you know, um, that she's going to go to semis and, and we're going to, we're going to see from her also in the next year or two, just see these massive strides. And, and, you know, we've got others obviously in camp and around the world that are mm -hmm. like that, but it's, it's very cool to see, um, you know, I, I love that, you know, seeing, seeing athletes that, that go from, you know, either on the bubble or just outside the bubble. And then all of a sudden you're like, holy shit, mm -hmm. you know, within, within a year's time or a season's time, you know, that it's like kind of like the light bulb goes on and, and you really understand what's necessary to be able to take you to the next yeah. level. I, awesome. I think we've seen that with a lot of our athletes. Like everybody has a different trigger. Everybody has that thing that they're like, fuck it. I'm sick of this happening. I'm going to fix it. You know, like, Gemma has had that moment at down under with the overhead squats and being frustrated with that or other events getting beat on workouts. She doesn't want to get beat at Kyra has had that moment coming in mid teens and semifinals two years in a row and going to Madrid and having certain events that don't go well that she's like, I'm not letting that. I like, I'll never go on a competition floor again and let that happen. I'm going to do everything it takes. And I think everybody has different, uh, kind of like levels that they need to be triggered for that to, to go off, but it happens eventually for the people that want to stay in the sport. So originally, I was going to say that uh, Carson was giving me some major Alex Kazan vibes, but uh, I don't want to beat that dead horse. 
so, <laughs> so it makes for an easy second. Uh, you know, the person that I was going to speak to was going to be Marley, which is one of the girls I've been mm -hmm. working with. Definitely. Um, and, and for, for a bunch of reasons, right? Like the measurables, uh, in terms of like her deadlift last year at, at the open, you know, she like barely squeezed out a 220. And, you know, in the last couple months, we do like reps and sets at 225. Um, you know, she started working with Sabrina. So her nutrition all of a sudden is becoming uh, on point. She's not just eating pop tarts occasionally. She's eating real food and is putting on like crazy 10, 15 pounds of muscle over the last year. And then, um, you know, in addition to that, uh, you know, like some of the mental game too, you know, she's a 16 year old. Uh, so I, I don't remember what it was like to be a 16 year old girl, but I can see a little bit of it. And, you know, there's a lot of tough days and a lot of tough workouts. Yeah. You catch that one. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, she's doing much better in terms of, you know, coming in, like being ready to attack training, you know, grind out workouts when she knows it's going to suck. Um, or when she accidentally, you know, does three rounds instead of one round and she just does it, you know, she, she'll just grit through it. And, uh, like that's a big Testament to where she was at a year ago. And, uh, so mm -hmm. that's my person. I agree. And I also think with Marley, like we see it, you know, from a, from a body composition standpoint too. I mean, you know, I feel like you, she, she looks like an athlete, you know, and she's starting to come into her own and it's great. You know, it's, it's awesome to see the progress. Um, and it, it's exciting, um, you know, to see a lot of these younger athletes who, who, um, you know, you can, you can see it month to month. I mean, you can just see the, the, the progress happening. So yeah, it's exciting. Can I just ask who keeps their phone on loud? I have mine on mute. Who's dinging? But can you hear that from my computer? Yeah. Yeah. Even though it's plugged into it? Yeah. Yeah, of course. Bro, do you know what do not disturb is? Yeah. No, my phone's on do not disturb. I can show you. It's the uh it's the, the your your MacBook mindless. has do not disturb too. Yeah, but I have the microphone plugged into it. It's you, bro. <laughs> Something is dinging at all times in Dakota's house. He was Every, getting, my head he was getting bored with her being no smoke detectors dinging. <laughs> this is, um, if everybody's wondering why Casey's on here, we're in a slow transition period of kicking Dakota off the show. <laughs> Don't say no, that. I'm there's not too much comedic. There's too, there's, there's too much comic relief. I can also admit I don't even know that you can do not disturb your laptop. I just only do it on my phone and my watch. So, Which is just uh, kind of consistent with your general understanding of the technology in your life right now. Yeah. Love it. I'm calling it a coffee machine. It's an espresso machine. I don't even know the difference. That's true. Yeah. Oh anyway, uh, this was fun. Great. Uh, you know, next week, maybe we can, we can pick another hot top, a couple hot topics. If somebody has something that they'd like to hear us chat about something, they'd like to hear Justin get on their soapbox, his soapbox about shoot us a message, drop it in the comments and we'll, we'll add it to the list. Love it. Casey. Shaq, Justin, thanks for coming on. I'll see you guys in literally two minutes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye. Peace.